Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie Gerke and I'll be your host today. This is the podcast where I help aspiring communications professionals create the careers they dream of. Through fun interviews with top-notch PR and marketing pros, you're going to gain a wide understanding of the industry and know how to make your mark. Let's do it. Today's episode is with Emma Walsh. She is an influencer marketing coordinator at Gallery Media Group. And I actually think she's like the first person I've had in influencer marketing who works on the show. So we talk about obviously working in influencer marketing. And then Emma's still relatively new to the industry. Me and Emma actually graduated around the same time. So we talk about graduating early, the job search process, and all that goes into that. Before we get into this episode, I got to talk about my professional and personal highlights. Uh, Starting professionally, I guess, I'll start with the fact that my boss, so our director of marketing at St. John's, just left our department, um, and she'll be starting a new job, which means me and the other graduate assistant will be taking on more opportunities until that position is filled. And while that's really scary and really overwhelming, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, You know, just getting to take on some more responsibilities that I'll be able to talk about in job interviews come March, April, May. Um, New things that I can do. I'll have a lot more freedom to kind of add my own ideas if I have them, kind of really show people what I'm capable of. So it's a really exciting opportunity, even though it's really scary. And obviously, I'm also really sad that my boss left because I really did love my boss and like we were also friends. So it's very kind of bittersweet that I'm now very excited to take on these opportunities, but we'll see how that goes. And I'm excited to take you guys along on that process with me. Personally, I'm starting to feel very overwhelmed with finals and stuff. Even last night, I was just sitting in my room and I was like, I cannot do this. Like, how am I supposed to do a job along with grad school, along with podcasting, along with YouTubing, like all of these things? It's like, well, how am I supposed to do it? And I'm starting to feel a little bit burnt out. But I know after this week, I'm going to feel so much better because my finals are this week and then no more finals. And we also don't have a lot of games. We have like two more women's basketball games until the end of the year and just one more men's game. So it's very, very attainable. I think I was kept saying like, so I'm recording this on Sunday. I recorded this last night. I was like, I just need to get through tomorrow and Monday. We had a women's game today. It went okay. Um, I'm knocking out my to-do list now, like podcast, YouTube, all of that. Tomorrow is going to feel a little bit busier because I have a podcast recording. I have a final due at midnight, but I think once we get through tomorrow, I'm honestly going to feel a lot better. Um, so I don't know, but if anyone has any burnout tips, let me know. Um, but I did sign up for the gym again. That's something I've been talking about. I literally talked about it with Emma in this episode. Um, I signed up for Lifetime Fitness in Syosset in New York. It was where I was going in January and February before I got too depressed to do anything after my breakup. Um, I I had an immaculate morning routine there, worked out, went in the sauna or the steam room, showered and got ready for work there. Um, So I signed, I literally went today and I was like, hi, I canceled my membership. I want to sign up again. My membership's actually $20 cheaper than it was before. So we're going to start that tomorrow, see how it goes, get back into my immaculate morning routine i'll have an update for you guys on that next week um but like i said i'm starting to feel incredibly overwhelmed and i just want to get this episode up uh so i can do a million other things that i have to do so all that being said i hope you guys enjoy this episode with emma 
Hi, everybody. My name is Emma. I am an influencer coordinator at a company called Gallery Media Group. And I love my job. It's so much fun uh, to be kind of like on the inside of the influencer industry. And I'm super excited to be here on Jamie's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to hear about your job and have you share your job with my audience. But before we get into it, we'll do a little bit of a hot seat segment. So my first question for you is if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? I would go to Hawaii. It's always been my dream to go there. And actually my mom's best friend lives there. So I don't know why we haven't gone yet. Uh, So that would definitely be a dream, kind of, you know, escape the cold of New York for a little bit. But yeah, I love the beach. So I think Hawaii would definitely be the move. I want to go to Hawaii so badly. This girl I went to high school with, she went and got a degree and her college degree was education and then she went and got a job as a kindergarten teacher in Hawaii for a year and I was like girl you're living the dream oh totally (laughs) I asked this question to like so many of my guests and I try to come up with a different answer every time and right now I really want to go to Austin Texas because I feel like I see so many things on like TikTok about Austin or like all like you know I feel like Austin's super up and coming right now and my dad and my brother just went to Texas and they like visited like Austin and Houston and Dallas which were like I know Dallas is like so far from everything else they did like drove around I was like have fun with that um (laughs) they went to Austin and now I'm jealous and I want to go yeah I've heard so much about Austin and I feel like everyone especially like at the start of the pandemic everyone was moving to Texas so (laughs) yeah it's so cool definitely need to plan a visit there as well yeah I feel like I just like really want to go to like all the like up-and-coming cities that like everyone's like vibing in like Austin I feel like people are vibing in like Nashville like people are vibing everywhere like I just want to like go and like I want to like I I kind of want to be like one of those like nomadic people where they just like go somewhere for like and like around um and if I had a remote job I could totally do that but my job isn't remote right now so you work at a university right yeah it's not really a job where I can just pack up and go somewhere else yeah yeah kind of hard kind of need to be at the university (laughs) um but my second question for you is what is your go-to self-care move I love a good workout and stretch session if I want to more so slow down and take care of myself then I would say a good uh, stretching session I like to you know get out my foam roller and I have a massage gun that I really like too and just to kind of release all the tension in my muscles like I have a few areas that get really tight like my shoulders and my hamstrings and my glutes so it's always really nice to just like release all of that because I sometimes don't have the time during the week to dedicate to stretching so definitely that if I had like an hour or two to spare. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. Just like getting a movement and getting some form of movement and stretching mm-hmm. your body. I have been in desperate need of a massage. Me um, too. <laughs> I like like every day I'm like driving to work and I'm like, I need to like just drive somewhere and get a massage like right now. Like that is what I need right now. But I was just I've been telling everyone lately that at the beginning of 2022 I had like the most perfect morning routine where I like woke up went to the gym and I like joined a gym that had like a beautiful locker room so it was like 
it was like a reward afterwards mm -hmm. because they had like a steam room in the locker room so I'd go in the steam room and like read my book for 10 minutes and then I get like ready for my day and I was like this is beautiful and I'm like I need to do that again yeah. like, totally. that, like, that sounds like a perfect morning so now switching gears talking about jobs and all of that can you start by telling me where you went to school and what you got your degree in yeah so I went to school at the University of Southern Maine which is in Portland Maine where I'm from and actually that was the only school that I applied to because when I was in high school applying to college and when it was like I like I knew I wanted to go to college but I guess I just wasn't that motivated so <laughs> I was just like I'm just gonna save money and go to a state school and like whatever like I wasn't apathetic or anything but I just I guess I just didn't know exactly what I wanted and so I changed very much honestly uh from the start of college to like through college and at the end and so I started out I originally originally wanted to study nutrition but then I was like it's just too much science and I wanted to be a little bit more creative so then I um, had my major as communications and then so my school has like a communications major or a media studies major or a communications media studies double major and so I went like back and forth between all those a few times and also a, a very pivotal moment for me was the summer after sophomore year um my it's actually my ex-boyfriend he was like I'm going to graduate in two and a half years. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, I didn't know that you could do that, like graduate early. And I had taken like the maximum amount of credits per semester. So I was already a little bit ahead. So I was like, I bet I can do that too. Like, and so I just started taking summer classes and winter classes. And at this point I was very motivated and driven in my schoolwork. I had really found like area in my classes that I really liked and so I kept you know working at it and I was very intentional with my classes in my school and then when the pandemic hit it was I was on um, my junior year spring semester of my junior year and then I was like yeah I definitely want to just like not be done with school but I was just really excited to start working too and so I just kind of put pedal to the metal and I was like I'm just gonna finish and I was able to graduate in three years with a double major in communications and media studies and a double minor in PR and marketing which sounds like a lot but it was a lot of overlapping classes so it was with you know intention and strategy I was able to achieve it and also like work during that time and you know have personal time so yeah that was a very long answer but <laughs> that's kind of my college situation right well first of all I love that you said that you started as nutrition because I started as pre-med and then the whole science thing I was like no way yeah yeah <laughs> but then I ended up switching my major to English because my school didn't have a communications program but I also graduated in I graduated in three and a half years but um you know you got to the point in the pandemic where I was also a junior when the pandemic hit and I was like I just want to be like done like I don't need to be here anymore and I feel like 
a lot of people don't talk about graduating early. Like, I feel a lot like, oh, like, take a gap year, like, or, you know, like, graduate a little bit later or do something. But I feel like no one talks about graduating early enough. And, like, it's a very, very common thing. Like, most people I know graduated in three or three and a half years. But it's, like, I want to ask you, like, do you feel like you missed out on any of your college experience? Or, like, do you think graduating in three years was the best thing for you? Like, how did you feel about it? I definitely agree first that, yeah, I hadn't really heard anyone talk about it until my ex-boyfriend mentioned it. And I would say that I definitely will. I'll start by saying that I'm not. I was not an average college person. Like, of course, I, you know, went to some parties and had my fun mostly at my best friend's school, but I'm not like a big drinker or smoker or anything like that. Not that like all college activities or or parties are like that, but I was just like very driven and focused. So I just like, you know, had fun where I could, but I didn't feel like, the school or like the workload made me feel like I missed out I feel like it was like the pandemic because I didn't get to graduate normally I got to walk across the stage and have my picture taken but it was like you had to sign up for a specific time and not a lot of people were there and it was just like obviously not like a normal graduation whatsoever and so I I don't really feel like I missed out because of that I think that I definitely had the normal experience you know freshman year with like the dorms and everything but I honestly don't feel like I did I feel like it's a greater reward for me to have gotten a head start on my career than it would have to be you know in online school for another year which there's nothing wrong with it and I I love learning I love school but I was just like more excited to get started working yeah I agree the only thing I really feel like I missed out on was that graduation Mm -hmm. um and obviously that just came because of the pandemic um they told me I could walk in October of 2021 like they told me I could come back and walk and at that point I was like I have been graduated for a year like I am already working like that feels silly to me yeah I felt the exact same way they told me I could walk with the 2022 class I think and I was just like I'm just no <laughs> like <laughs> what ended up actually working out perfectly for me though was um one day in like June of 2020 my mom and I drove up and like I had my cap and gown and stuff at that point so we drove up to the campus I took all my graduation photos on campus when no one was there so there's no one in any of my photos which is oh amazing and then Obviously, so I was supposed to walk in 2020 and then graduate in December. I was supposed to walk in June and graduate in December. So then I was holding on to all these pictures for six months. But it was, like, amazing because there was no one in any of my pictures. So I feel like I had the best graduation photos. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. No people to photobomb your exactly. moment. <laughs> so tell me about graduating school and uh, finding your first job. What was that experience like? Yeah, so I had a few different internships uh, during school, I interned um, at Planned Parenthood and this place called the Bioscience Association of Maine, which is like not at all <laughs> like <laughs> doesn't sound like very me, but I was just a marketing and communications assistant. And actually through that internship, I met 
the founder of a company called Marin Skincare. Um, Patrick and Amber are the founders of that. And so they were growing their skincare company while I was interning at um, Biomain. And then the summer after I graduated, I started working for them. I did like a summer internship. And then after I did some just like part-time work, which I can get into. And so through that connection, I was able to start working right after graduation. And it was really fun because obviously, you know, they're a startup and a small business. And it was really cool to help out. Like I help them, you know, make paint their first office. And, you know, I packed um, shipments like of the cream. And it was just really cool to see that growth. I did like social media, I did customer service. So like working at a startup, I did a little bit of everything, which was really cool. And I'm so glad that I got that experience and Patrick and Amber are just like such amazing people like I honestly feel so blessed that I got to work with them and that the Biomain internship brought that connection to me and so I did that over the summer and all throughout this time I was applying for jobs I believe I think because I, I started applying a little bit earlier but obviously I knew I had this summer internship. And so I really accelerated my job search in September. And I can remember that I applied for, I think it was 36 jobs. And I only got four interviews, which is like crazy. Like, I feel like, you know, anytime you're looking for a job, like it's, I'm not going to lie, like it, it can be really difficult, you know? And so I was, you know, applying and interviewing and not really getting anywhere. And I was honestly feeling like very defeated. But and at this time, I was doing some just contract work for Marin and Biomain. And then I listened to a podcast that had the owner of this influencer marketing agency or influencer management rather agency. And I emailed her and she gave me an internship. Um, it wasn't quite the right fit for me being on the talent side, just like having to like, you know, pitch out to a lot of brands and stuff. It just like, I could just tell that it wasn't quite the right fit for me, but um, Samantha's amazing. All the girls that I worked with are so amazing. And, um, but I was still, you know, just feeling like I, I needed something else that better suited me when I was doing these informational interviews, which I think are super important. I reached out to this one girl named Samantha Heaps and I DM'd her on Instagram after reading an article that she wrote on Lauren Bostick's website, The Skinny Confidential, which I'm a huge fan of Lauren. And I was able to meet her in New York when I was there in December. And she encouraged me to apply at Gallery Media Group because I had applied and interviewed for a position at VaynerMedia. And it was a social media content creator type position. And I just, I'm going to be honest, like I did not <laughs> do well in the interview. Like I was just a ball of nerves. And um, but I applied for a couple of resident programs at GMG, and I actually DM'd the HR lady. Her name is Kelly. She's an angel. Love her. 
And so I DM'd her on LinkedIn and I was able to set up a little chat with her. And then I got an interview with the VP of influencer marketing. And then I had one more interview and then I was hired for that position. And I thinking back, I don't know if I would have gotten it if I didn't have that little bit of influencer marketing experience. So I think that any job experience that you can get is valuable. So yeah, I feel like I'm giving such long answers, but I want to make sure like no, fully so I want to go back to something you mentioned about yeah. you were at um this company called Biomain and then that um put you into that skincare startup. And so I think a lot of that obviously came from networking and people sometimes get really scared by the word networking. They don't know how to handle it. So what it for you is like your biggest tip for networking? Oh, I love that. So I would say my biggest tip is to I guess kind of like be very intentional about it. And I guess to to focus on like one of my friends, she says to focus on relationship building instead of like, I guess like networking, even though I feel like those terms are kind of interchangeable, but just to like, I guess not necessarily make it just about like, oh, like I like want something from this person to like, you know, be very like, genuine about it and you know like if there's someone who you know works for a company that you're interested in or has a role that you're interested about just like you know express your genuine you know appreciation and interest in everything and I always like to have my email or my message just be very like I guess just like understanding of them and like obviously I express my you know, excitement to want to chat with them. But I'm always like, you know, if you have time or if you have the opportunity, because I just don't want to seem like a burden or like I'm overwhelming people. So I think that just like sending people a little quick note on LinkedIn, if you're actually a second degree connection, I feel like that, you know, makes it a lot more likely that they'll respond and to just know that like not everyone's going to respond and that's okay. Like I've been rejected so many times, like from jobs, from like people wanting to talk to me, from like pitching myself, like, and it's, that's all okay. It's, you're going to get someone who's going to say yes, like someone's going to say yes, and they'll be able to help you. And so because of that, I always try to like say yes to people if they like ask me to have an informational interview or if they ask to be connected like I offer to connect people to HR if they're interested in what I do for work and so I think just like being very genuine about it and like making it a habit of just like you know expanding your network because you really never know like who knows who or who could point you in a direction that really changes the trajectory of your career. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I also think that I, I I agree that it's really easy to feel like you're being a burden or you're bothering someone or whatever. But if there's one thing I've learned from being in this industry is that it's literally that everyone loves to talk about themselves and everyone loves to hear themselves talk. Um. So definitely don't feel like you're a burden because like, again like they're just not going to respond if they don't if they don't want to mm -hmm. like you're never like bothering anyone by just sending a message like chances are if they're the type of people that aren't going to respond they're not even going to see it 
Yeah, exactly. And anytime someone messages me, I'm always like super flattered and excited. And I'm like, yes, like, let me help you, you know, like, it's, it's such a huge compliment. And it's like, I, because I was in that spot, like just a couple years ago, like, I want to be that person for someone else. And I'm sure you feel the exact same. A hundred percent. And so I think the other thing we were talking about was um, the rejection behind it. And even with applying to jobs and getting rejected and people saying no to informational calls or anything like that, like rejection can be difficult and it can be something that's really hard to deal with. And I know when I was going through the job process, I applied to 80 jobs before I found my job. Um, So again, I, I feel like it's also just like, yes, you want to like keep track of the jobs you're applying to, because like, you want to be able to follow up. You want to like, know, like, where you are in different processes but like don't get boggled down by the numbers because I feel like most of the time like if you're getting rejected they're not actually seeing your resume especially when you're just applying through like the big portals like there's a system that's scanning those resumes it's not a person um so -hmm. don't feel so like boggled down by that because it's not a no to you it's a no to you like the it's a no because of reasons like oh maybe your resume wasn't formatted perfectly for that website to understand or Mm -hmm. there were just too many people that applied yeah exactly and if I could quickly share like one tip that I have is to like instead of like you know sending out your resume to like you know those um tracking things like to or just to like a bunch of different job boards to um connect with a person from that company because and that's again where the networking comes in is that is going to help you to make a personal connection and now instead of just like a piece of paper you're like you know a name and a face and I think that that can be really helpful with getting your foot in the door and often that is the hardest part it's not that you're not like qualified or good enough it's just like getting your foot in the door yeah and I even think like when you first get out of school and a lot of the things on your resume say intern or internship or something like that those computers are knocking you out because there's people that are applying that have things like assistant or xyz or consultant or whatever on their resume so it's like you're not even getting seen by a person and it's almost like I recommend that people try to like start small first like start at a if you're looking to do PR like get into an agency that like you can like directly message someone that works there easier. Like a lot of times their job application isn't through a portal. It's through sending an email or something like those are the jobs that like you're more likely to hear back from um, just because there's an actual person behind that process. Yes, exactly. And so the other thing I wanted to talk about was finding your fit. Like you had mentioned, like you had started at Biomain and then you had moved into that skincare and then you moved into the influencer management and now you're in influencer marketing where you are. And I think it's like, it really does sometimes take a few different places to find exactly where you belong. Mm -hmm. And so what's like kind of your biggest advice for someone that may be struggling to find that specific niche that they belong in? I would say to, yeah, just try out different industries or especially if you're still in college, like different internships can really help you to fine tune what it is that you're interested in 
And I think too, just, just knowing that no job is going to be perfect and like a walk in the park every day. But I think just finding like, you know, the general area that you like, like, so for me, I knew that that was communications, media, writing, things like that. Like I knew, like, I didn't want to be a scientist, you know, both my parents are scientists and I just, no, that's not for me. Me and my sister are both more, you know, creative like that. And I think just finding that first and then, um, yeah, speaking to different people in the field and seeing what their job is like. And if I'm being really honest too, I think the people that you work with really, really make a big difference. Like I feel so lucky that I have an absolutely amazing team. Like honestly, everyone at my, my company is so kind. And really, I feel like at every company that I've been at, whether I was, you know, a cashier or at the Bioscience Association of Maine, like, you know, like the the people that you work with really make it fulfilling and amazing and every day, you know, like a, a fun experience, honestly. And I I think too, I'm trying to think of like more specific things to say rather than just like trying things, but I think I think it really is just trying things. Yeah, like I'm trying, I'm like, different. I'm just coming up blank. <laughs> I know, like for me, I started out my first uh, PR internship was at a lifestyle each. Well, my first PR internship was at my university. And then mm-hmm. I did a lifestyle internship. And then the following year, I did one in like nonprofit, like, or like the public sector, like mm-hmm. government, school districts, et cetera. And then I did one in sports and that's how I ended up where I am now. So it's like, it really is just finding those different opportunities and like finding those different industries and like realizing what you like about each of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And so now I want to ask you about your kind of day-to-day job now. What does it look like working in influencer marketing? What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so for me being on the like brand agency side, a campaign will come through and I obviously just help with the influencer portion of it, but it's usually a part of a larger brand deal. So once that is sold through, then we will begin sourcing and based on like budgets and price and things that I like don't really know about, then they'll tell us, you know, what specific influencer they're looking for. And it's really fun to just like, you know, get all that information and then with that being able to find the perfect influencer or as close to perfect as possible because sometimes the guidelines are super specific and I feel like people don't always know exactly everything that goes into influencer marketing both on the brand side and the influencer side so for the brand side, it's like, you know, finding influencers that have, you know, a certain following, a certain engagement rate, they could be in a certain area, or have specific content, like, it's, it's very specific. And sometimes clients are very picky with the influencers that that they want, and you gotta, you know, source a few times, like depending on the client's preferences. And so we source first and then after that, we need to outreach the influencers and contract them. And one thing that I'm learning a lot 
more about it as I'm kind of like advancing in my role is negotiation with influencers and going back and forth with rates and just making sure that it's like fair on both sides for the deliverables and their following and everything. And then we need to contract them. And then the creative brief comes in, like we make that obviously on our side and we need to make sure that we get in all of the clients, you know, the specific, I don't know, any phrases that they want, just like their brand guidelines and the making sure that they achieve what they want from this campaign, like whether it's a specific call to action or, you know, a swipe up link, anything like that. And then, you know, the influencer has to create the content and send it in and then we review it and then the brand reviews it. And just like this continuous process of like going back and forth and making sure that the influencer has, you know, met all the requirements. And there's also different things like exclusivity, like the influencer can't post with other brands, like before or after a certain time or like amount of time, like before or after the campaign goes live. So there's a lot that goes into it on both sides that people don't really see. Like you think that we just maybe reach out to an influencer and are like, hey, can you like post this? But it's like, it's a lot to coordinate that and make sure that it's fitting to what the client wants. And then after we will have them post, like if sometimes they have to go through um, a round or two of feedback or hopefully not a reshoot, but sometimes that happens. So like people don't, I think, realize like how much work an influencer is like to you know, create content and to have to manage all these different aspects, especially if they're doing it on their own. So I have a lot of respect for them. And then, you know, posting and analytics and all of that. And that I think is another thing that people don't always realize is that, you know, the influencers have to, you know, screenshot their likes and their comments and things like that, and then send it over. And if we're being honest, like if, it doesn't get, you know, a good amount of engagement, then it's like, oh, do we want to work with this person again? So like having that pressure on you, I think can be really hard. So yeah, that's why I, you know, have a lot of respect for influencers as, you know, content creators. And I feel like, like artists in a way, you know, like, you know, sharing their art in that form. And yeah, so basically a lot of my day-to-day -day is just like all those, you know, tasks related to that campaign process and just like all the daily comms that go with it. And actually like, for example, today I was mailing out some packages that we were sending to influencers for the holidays. So that was like, you know, a fun, like extra thing that we do. And yeah, it's honestly just so much fun. And again, like the people make it a really fulfilling career as a whole. And so I guess kind of asking a few questions to kind of learn more about the influencer marketing sphere. So for you, is it like, do you have like a roster of influencers you normally work with? Do you have influencers like signed to your company? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so we don't have any influencers signed. We have, um, you know, a list of influencers that we've worked with in the past that we have a really great experience with. So we like to tap them in as often as possible, like for certain campaigns or clients or anything. 
And um, we're obviously adding to that every campaign, but we don't sign or like manage any influencers, but we just kind of like, I guess like outreach <laughs> um, the ones that we like to work with the most and with the aim to, you know, build those long-term authentic partnerships so yeah. that we can, you know, work with them again and again and create really amazing content and partnerships. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're looking to outreach, what does that research process kind of look like? Do you look on Instagram? Do you look on like YouTube? Where are you like doing like your research to find your influencers? So we have a couple different platforms that we use where they're called Tagger and Creator IQ. And you can input you know, what you're looking for, whether it's a location or a certain follower size or certain tags like makeup or wellness or recipes, like things like that. And that can help to filter out the influencers that you're searching for. And then once you have those people, you know, you can look through, get like a vibe check of their content, if they'd be a good fit. And one thing that <laughs> we joke about on my team that kind of drives us crazy is when we can't find an influencer's email address or just like a way to contact them. And we, you know, hesitate sometimes to DM because it's like, are they going to see it? Are they going to think that we're spam? So one thing that we definitely recommend to influencers is to have their email and then also their location too is very helpful in case it's a specific geo-targeted campaign like for example for house of wow i did a campaign for house of wow and rosa regale which is a wine brand and we we're looking for new york-based influencers and so just having you know new york in your bio or something like that like that is very helpful so that we can say yes like this is the person and here's a way to contact them. Like I'm definitely putting them on the list. So I think that that is very helpful. And sometimes just like looking manually on Instagram or TikTok for certain keywords can be really helpful because sometimes if an influencer is up and coming, they might not be on that database. So just like, I think like it's very important to make yourself you know, reachable as an influencer or a content creator. Yeah. And so something I feel like talking about, like a lot of the stuff I do is in social media. So I feel like it's like my brain never fully turns off because like I'll be yeah. through Instagram and I'm like, oh, that's an idea I like, or TikTok, that's an idea I like, I want to do. Do you kind of feel like you're sometimes scrolling through and you're just like, oh, this influencer would be perfect? Yes, I do. Like, I always like to either scroll screenshot or just like save like any people that I see and I wish that we could work with some of my favorite influencers but that just hasn't like aligned yet whether they like are you know on a different platform or they don't have like the right following for the platform that we work on or some of my favorite influencers live in Canada so we don't usually use right. Canadian influencers sometimes not like um just not most of the time but yeah, I definitely do that. So I'll just like make note of them. And so what would you kind of say is like your favorite part of your job? Ooh, I would say just getting to help in that process of, you know, this beautiful content coming to life and being able to 
take the brand's vision and translate that into, you know, instructions for the influencers so that they can, you know, have the points that they need, but then also be able to have that creative freedom. And one thing that I really like too is making the creative briefs that just like lists out like the instructions and gives them a glimpse into what the brand is like. And then also we put in content inspiration so I can kind of like, you know, get their creative juices flowing and give them ideas for, you know, what we think that the client would like. And so that's a really fun part and just getting to build relationships too. Like, especially at the house of wow event, I was able to meet the influencers in real life and they're just all like so nice. And they, all of them like at this event were, and it's just really great to feel like you get to help out in that process. Yeah, I feel like I've always been really interested in the influencer sphere and like the content creation part of it. And it's like, now for me, I work in college athletics and a lot of college athletes are starting to do brand deals and all of that because they can now that they have access to like their name, image and likeness. And it's like, so often I just like see brands that are now new to the space because they're like, oh, we can work with athletes. I want to work with them. They're trying to then work with athletes and then the whole sponsorship just turns out to be a mess and it's like the the now the athlete has created this content that I'm like what are you doing <laughs> someone please help them but it's also like it's also coming from like the brand's end they need help creating that creative brief they need help sharing their vision ask really asking for what they want and I think that can be like the hardest thing is like you can't just give creative freedom to the influencer all the time because sometimes they just don't know what they're doing yeah, exactly. And it's really great that we are able to, you know, take those guidelines from the brand and, you know, distill them into this brief that is very informative for the influencer and then, you know, gives them some inspiration. But then also, like, I always like to remember, which is why, like, picky clients can kind of <laughs> drive me a little crazy because I'm like, the influencer does know their audience the best and what content will resonate with them. And so I just think it's best to have that balance of, you know, the brief that tells them, you know, what to do basically, but then also like the creative freedom. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's also so obvious when an influencer has just followed like yeah. the guidelines, you can tell that it's an ad and mm -hmm. it's like, I would prefer that my content, like, yes, I know that when you're posting a picture of like a water bottle, yes, I know that it's branded content but like make it less obvious here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that's an ad scroll, you know, so. So if someone came to you and said, I want to work in influencer marketing, what should I do? So I would say to just, you know, network with people. I would say that that would be like the biggest thing and just educate yourself on the industry. I think that that is really helpful because like when I first started, I didn't know like how much work went into, you know, brand partnership and just making that possible. So I would say get as educated as you can. Obviously you'll receive training on the job, network with people in the industry and maybe you could look up like some best practices. And then also, also it could be a good opportunity to figure out where in the 
kind of field you like, like if you like to be on the influencer side or if you like to be on the talent side or, you know, speaking with the brand, because we actually have like a separate team who speaks with the brand. So like just figuring out, you know, which resonates the most with you. And I think just being very open to learning, um, because when I first started, I was like, wow, like there's so many processes here. How am I going to remember all of this? But I think just it takes time and practice. And I think just keep going with it. Yeah. And so I kind of have just one more question for you to wrap up the whole interview. And it's if you could go back and do any part of your journey from college to where you are now over again. Is there anything that you would change or do a little bit differently? When I was in college, I didn't have a lot of, you know, faith in myself that I could get to where I am today because I'm like, you know, not to like brag about myself, but I'm, you know, working at my dream job, like living in New York, which is what I wanted to do. And I would have never thought even just like, three, six months ago that I would be here. So I think just having like more patience with the journey and just like perseverance and like keeping going with it, even if you're getting like rejections or anything like that. And also what I would have done is started my portfolio sooner. I think that that is really helpful to showcase what you can do and you know your skill set whether it's like you know creativity or writing or I don't know photography film like anything like that like just showcasing what you can do and showing people that and just not being afraid to reach out to people and you know thinking that you're not good enough or something like that because you never know where a message or an email can get you and I would not be where I am if I hadn't, you know, sent those messages and been like, hey, like, I'd love to chat with you or something like that. So I would have definitely done, I think, even more informational interviews. So I think just having self-belief in yourself, obviously, (laughs) and patience and perseverance and not being afraid to form those connections and knowing that people like to help people that was like I heard that and I was like wow that makes me feel a lot better about myself Mm -hmm. of you know knowing that people want to help you get to where you are so just you know having patience and knowing that you will get there as long as you keep trying yeah well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story it was so great having you on the show Thank you so much, Jamie. I had an absolute blast. And like I said, like you're so amazing and inspiring to me. So keep crushing it. And thank you again for having me. I had so much fun chatting with you.